Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hello, and welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast. This segment has been taken from Thrive Thursdays with Dr. Patricia Mills. I hope you enjoy this episode. And here is Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm a medical doctor, health transformation expert, passionate about teaching you what you need to know to make the radical changes in your health that you deserve and that you're deeply desiring. Um, and in order to get there, you have to have the knowledge. Why do you need to have the knowledge and not just have the action plan? Uh, because when you really understand the root causes of what you're experiencing, like why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, then when you're provided with an action plan, you can critically analyze whether or not that's something that you think would be of service to you or not. Because there's a lot of people out there with a lot of action plans. And what I find is that it's hard to find an action plan that has everything in alignment. There's sometimes one thing and sometimes another thing. So when you um, really understand what's going on with your body, that's when you start to see the magic happening in terms of making the right decisions for it. So today we're going to talk about gut health and mental health and how they are so deeply interconnected. And uh, what I love about this topic is that, um, I, I mean, I, I am a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation. I no longer practice in that field. Now I do this for women, health transformation expert. But when I learned, I, like in, in physical medicine, you have to learn everything about the human body. And this was something that I knew, but I didn't know. It, it didn't like integrate into my awareness. And I know this is the case for my, for my colleagues as well, is this. When we are in our fetus stage, you're an embryo in your mama's belly, right? This like cute little ball of tissue, okay? And this little ball of tissue um, has different parts to it. And one part is the group of tissue that's like the little group of tissue that's going to form your nervous system. So we're taught in medical school, and you probably are familiar with this too, that your nervous system is like your brain and your spinal cord. Okay, so your brain and your spinal cord. And then the spinal cord kind of reaches out with like these little, these tendrils of nervous tissue to form the peripheral nerves. And those are the nerves that go to your arms and to your legs and to your face. But what really was not impressed up upon me is the fact that when you are forming, that nervous tissue actually initially divides into two balls connected by a bridge, which is the vagus nerve. So you have the ball of tissue that's going to form your brain and your spinal cord and your peripheral nerves. And guess what that other ball of tissue forms? Your gut. I know, right? You actually have an equivalent amount of nervous system, like nervous tissue, nervous system tissue, lining your gut, being a part, like um, collaborating to the formation of your gut, which is just crazy. And the two, the gut and the brain are connected by the vagus nerve. This is why they're calling the gut the second brain. 
And um, the really the main difference between them is what they're responsible for. So the brain is responsible for like conscious thoughts and thought patterns um, and subconscious thoughts that kind of running tape in your mind. That's like kind of if you're if you really listen to the voice in your head, it's like da 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 da. And then you know critical decision making, language formation, analyzing. The gut is doing a similar job because it has the same original tissues, but it's differentiated to do it at a different level. So what does it do? It also has to interpret incoming information from the environment. So rather than words, it has to interpret um, food. It has to interpret um, pathogens invading organisms like bacteria, toxins, mold, parasites, right? It has to interpret that. And it has to interpret the language of the environment in terms of your drink, your food, your, your um, pathogens, your toxins. And it has to translate that into information to the body and it communicates with the brain. So did you know that there's more communication happening between the brain, uh, the gut and the brain than the brain and the gut? So there's more messages being sent up to the brain from the gut than there is being sent down from the brain to the gut. Up from the gut to the brain is more than down from the brain to the gut. Isn't that like, just take a moment to have like a wow moment with that. So let's summarize briefly. Brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nerves are connected to the gut, which has the same amount of nervous system tissue through the bridge of the vagus nerve, which is the vagus nerve. It's called the vagus nerve because the vagus in in, uh, Latin means the wandering nerve. So that nerve wanders and connects every single organ in our body. So it, it, it attaches to the heart, it attaches to the lung, it attaches to the pancreas, it attaches to the ovaries, and it attaches to every, everything. It's, it's amazing, like everything. And so again, the connection between the gut and the brain is the gut is interpreting what you're, what you're putting into your body through, your, through what you're eating and what you're drinking, and it's taking that information and translating it into the gut. So Food is not just energy. Food is information. And let me tell you, um, we evolved, the brain evolved to receive, like our DNA has not significantly changed over the last 20,000 years. That was like our last major DNA upgrade. And 20,000 years ago, we had no processed food. It was only in the last 100 years or so that we have access to processed food, which is a completely different language. Can you see that? It's a completely different language. And the gut is like trying to interpret this language, but it's not as good at it. It wasn't made for that. And so it has a hard time with the interpretation. And so it has been proven in research that the people who eat more processed foods have more problems with brain, with mental health. They have more problems with anxiety. They have more problems with depression. In autistic kids, they did um, not autistic kids, sorry, in kids with ADHD like behaviors. So spectrum, really bad to like a little bit of ADHD. They did this interesting study where all they did was they took out all the colorants and food additives from their diet, which is like in most snacks and processed foods for kids, unfortunately, and their ADHD behavior went away. Why? Because there's an impact on the gut, which has an impact on the brain. And that's the physical connection. Okay. So if it can do that in kids, it can do that in adults. And that has been shown as well. Now, so if you have ADHD-like behavior, for example, I would try cutting out processed foods and seeing how much that helps your symptoms. Or if you're anxious or you're irritable or you're depressed, 
Not to say that this is going to be the one and only holy grail solution, but it's probably an important piece of the puzzle and you won't know until you cut it out, right? And what I try to keep giving here um, in, in this in this setting is tips um, uh, and things that you can do to replace the bad foods with the good foods so that you can start making those changes practical in your life. So that's why I like to give out these tips and daily reminders and that kind of thing. And like a snapshot in the life of, you know, Dr. Patricia, like how do I, ex- how do I execute this in reality? And so this is what you'll see when you see my daily posts in the Facebook group, Wild Wisdom for Women. Now, um, what I also want to say, uh, some people who are watching this um, may not be part of because I sometimes post some of the select videos on like YouTube and, on, and I post all of my videos on my Patreon page. So um, if you're not a part of this group, Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, I highly recommend you joining it. It's free. You just have to agree to the group rules and be a, a kind hearted member of society to join. So welcome. Now, in terms of that's the physical connection, any questions about the physical connection, please put them in. I think I can still see the comments. So we're going to move now into the chemical connection. So there's a chemistry. So the physical connection is through, through like a nerve, a nervous, like a community of nerves communicating through a nerve to another community of nerves. That's the physical connection. Okay. Now, um, the other physical connection is, um, Okay, thank you, Jen. Jen, oh, Jen has made a really good comment. She says she prefers the word unhealthy, not bad foods. Okay, I like that. I understand where that's coming from. Absolutely, that's wonderful. So let's talk now about chemistry, okay? Um, Chemistry has to do with um, what is going on in the blood and in the tissues. So that's the chemical reaction. Those are the molecules. So everything is like a molecule. So there's water molecules. Um, there's protein molecules, there's fat molecules, um, you know, there's minerals that are molecules, all those things are molecules and they're floating around in our blood. And then they, that's like the highway, right? And then, and then they go to the cells, um, like, uh, so they go and like knock on the cell of like the pancreas, knock on the cell of the liver, knock on the cell of the, of the, of the brain. And depending on the kind of molecules, some of these molecules can actually get in. Like they'll go into the cell, right? And in the cell, they have a chemical reaction depending on the kind of molecule they are. And some will be healthy reactions and some will be unhealthy reactions for the, for the cell. Okay, good. There, Jen. Not bad or good, just healthier and unhealthy. Um, and so when you have, um, what we know is that in the gut, there's like this chemistry that's going on where all this food is being broken down, all the pathogens like invading organisms like mold and bacteria and parasites um, and all of the things like the pesticides and the additives, the food additives, the food colorants, um, you know, the sugars, all of those things are being broken down, broken down, broken down. And then some of them stay in the gut, and, but a lot of them seep through the lining of the gut into our body and, and more so in some individuals, in the individuals who have leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability. And then those molecules get into your bloodstream and then they, they now, once they're in there, they're like on the highway and the roads and the streets and the alleys. And, the, you know, they're getting in through all the cracks and crevices of the body. And some of them go into the tissues and they make the chemistry. And that can be healthy or unhealthy chemistry. So what you ingest um, will get into your tissues and will, and will go around and they'll have certain impacts on certain organs. So 
Um, they can have um, an impact on the liver, causing it to ha um, have to pick up its system of detoxification, like upregulate its detoxification to deal with more toxins. It can go to the kidney, and the kidney has to increase its filtering capacity to get it out. It can go into the pancreas, and actually certain heavy metals have been shown to hurt the pancreas and cause type 2 diabetes just through that, through that, you know, heavy metal exposure. And in the brain, it'll go into the brain and it'll interfere with the normal functioning of the brain at a cellular level. So if you think about the cell, you know, the brain, and the brain is made up of like little cells, right? That's like our bu basic building blocks of life. It even gets small, like there's even smaller building blocks, like inside the, in the side of the cell is the DNA, and inside the cell is the uh, energy production factories, which are the mitochondria. Inside of the cell is um, the proteins, which are like little tools that go around and like, you know, break down the energy and, and feed it to the mitochondria. And then, you know, all these magical things are happening. There's systems of detoxification inside the cell called lysozymes. So, you know, it's like they have their own little liver and they have their own little kidney because they're filtering. So the cell is like a mini person living in the grander community of the organ, like the brain or the liver. So it's like, you know, these patterns repeated through nature. It's really quite beautiful. And so we are made up of like tiny little cells, tiny little people who are working together. And um, what you want is you want every single member in your community to be healthy, right? And it's okay if some of them are not healthy. Um, the, the community tries to help that cell to um, recover, tries to give it what it needs. And if it doesn't, the cell actually has um, an inherent um, auto-destruct kind of programming where once it starts to not be able to um, function properly, that's triggered and it auto it self-destructs. That's called apoptosis. It breaks up and then everybody around, like all the cells around it, like cells actually come in and migrate in to eat that up, those remnants and kind of recycle it and keep the brain nice and clean. Well, all of those systems require a certain um, certain building blocks to work. And they get gummed up by certain um, molecules that come from um, things in our environment like heavy metals, um, toxins like pesticides, additives, uh, chemicals, and, um, um, you know, even like, just to give you an example, uh, emulsifier that is found in most packaged bread was found to cause uh, damage inflammation to the lining of the gut in the mice who were fed it, and they developed of being overweight and metabolically unhealthy, which means you basically, your blood pressure goes up, you gain weight around the belly, you get type 2 diabetes, those kinds of things. That was just from the emulsifier that is found with, uh, within processed packaged foods to keep that food fresh and stable on the shelf for longer than it should really be alive for, so to speak, right? And at the level of the brain, there is this um, new emerging field called psychoneuroendocrinology. Uh, psycho and what that is, is that it's uh, doctors and researchers who are recognizing that there's a type, a, a connection between mental health, psycho, neuro, um, endo, uh, hormonal, immuno, that's the immune system, um, and all of those things are interacting. And what influences that is the foods that we eat and the things that we expose them for the environment. So it all starts at the level of the gut. And um, we, there's an interesting research, uh, researcher in Quebec, I forget his name, but Quebec, Canada, and he published uh, research showing that of all of the molecules that are floating around inside of our body, so all of the, like the soup 
you know, like if you think of the soup as the blood as a soup and all of like the vegetables and stuff, 80% of those molecules are not human made. <clears throat> They're made by our microbiome. Our microbiome is the organisms that live inside the lining of the gut. So still not in us, but on the lining of the gut and they're responsible, their job, they have a job. They should be there. Um, uh, the good guys should be there, not the bad guys, uh, the, the healthy guys, not the unhealthy guys. And they should be taking that food for us and breaking it down. And, and then what they do is they literally eat it, poop it out and their poop becomes our food, which is, that sounds kind of gross, but that's what happens in nature. Like in a garden, it's actually the bacteria and the viruses and the fungi and everything, the soil that break down the soil and poop it out. And then the plant takes it up. So we are like plants in this beautiful symbiotic way. And so the microbiome needs to be super healthy to be pooping out the healthy poop, right? So that it gets into our body and feeds our body properly, like fertilizes our body, so to speak. 80% of what's floating around in our body is made by the microbiome. And so when you eat um, food that has pesticides, for example, pesticides are like anti-organisms. That's what they do in nature is they try to control the number of pests, natural like things in the, um, uh, on the gr from growing and everything like that. And if it remains in your food and some um, foods have higher amounts of pesticides than others, like for example, an avocado, um, because the, most of the spray happens on the, on the peel and then you open it up and you eat it, it, not a lot of it is in the avocado versus berries. Unfortunately, berries like blueberries and strawberries, they are very high on the um, spray list in terms of it staying um, and kind of even seeping through the skin because the skin is so delicate, especially with strawberries. And now you're eating this pesticide and it goes into your, into your um, gut and it, and it kills off and damages your microbiome which means now even if you're eating like really healthy foods like that would be like check mark healthy 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 if you're introducing things like um chem chemicals like additives like preservatives from packaged foods and pesticides from orga non-organic foods that can be hurting your microbiome so i often tell people if you're trying to make a choice if you're financially strapped or you know like we're watching your finances and you had to make a decision, I would prefer that you start buying organic foods and getting away from processed packaged foods and putting more money into fresh foods before thinking about buying supplements, except for, I would say, um, zinc, uh, magnesium, and uh, vitamin C, for example, I would, and, and, and the B vitamins. Those are like kind of like my core. Um, but everything else is like extra. And unless you have Unless you stop the damage to your gut, even if you do like a three-week elimination diet and then you, you, know, you, you find out your food sensitivities when you re-add everything back in. And what's really interesting is when you do that, and I've, I've done that myself, the elimination diet, and I do, it a few, like every, I do it every now and then just to kind of rediscover where I'm at because it's always changing. It's always improving because I'm always working on my gut health. My food sensitivities are going down. Um, however, I notice that when there is still a food that I'm sensitive to, and I eliminate it from my diet for three weeks and I reintroduce it, I notice I get more irritable. I get more brain fog. I get less focused. I'm more short-tempered. You know, it's quite impressive. Um, I also notice that when I'm constipated and I haven't had a good bowel movement for like, a, even with by the end of the day, I am not a pleasant person, as pleasant to be around as I am when I'm having like good regular poops in the day. And that is because I'm very in tune with my body language and I know what to look for. 
that really is striking for me. Like I'm really, I noticed it's a big difference for me because when I'm in my healthy mode, I'm like really healthy. I'm like, everything is really humming. Like I'm feeling so good, so energetic. I sleep so well. I wake up refreshed. Everything is good. As soon as there's something that, that tips me off because I'm in such a good state, any change from that to me is noticeable. When I, at first, when I was going through this, like, you know, my massive health transformation started around six years ago. Um, because I wasn't like feeling great all the time, if I did something that wasn't good for me, it, it made me feel a little bit worse, but because I already wasn't feeling great, I didn't notice it all that much. And now I notice it more. And it's not so much that these foods are, are, are worse for me than they were before. It's that now the change is more noticeable when you're going from a state of optimal health, not. And so I can like when, and six years ago, reflecting back mentally, I was not in a good place. And I know that that had a lot to do with the state of my gut health, because as I healed my gut, my brain fog just cleared. You know, I used to have a hard time, like remembering things. I was so sharp, right? You know, as a doctor, so sharp. And then I started noticing I had to like write things down and I had to, you know what I mean? Like, and I still do write things down just because I don't want to risk forgetting it, but I don't really need to anymore. Like I just, I just have like, my memory is back. It's so sharp. It's so clear. It's so focused. Um, and I'm, I'm just, it's easier for me to maintain my mental wellness. So, um, the research proves it from a personal perspective. I know this to be true. And with the clients that I work with, that's what they all say. They just feel so much better. And that does impact the mental health, um, a hundred percent. And I can go off and quote so many studies, um, you know, um, you know, functional nutrition. So there's functional psychiatrists that are treating depression with nutrition and supplements and it's totally working like a hundred percent you know anxiousness also now there is a part of depression and anxiousness that has to do with your mindset like depression is usually living in the past and kind of having regrets or things you know repetitive thoughts about the past anxiousness generally speaking is living in the future like thinking about the future worrying about the future all those kinds of things so Obviously, a treatment for mental health is to one of the treatments for mental health is to practice the power of now living in the present, um, you know, training the mind to not wander into the future or into the past unnecessarily in an unhealthy way, but staying focused in the present and using the power of your mind to plan for the future and uh, learn from the past, but not obsessively dwell of it or obsessively worry over it, you see. And I and there is the role of the food. And I would say that as with anything, there's an integrated approach. There's not a one cure fix is all of it. And, and that's where like having depression or anxiety and having a doctor like myself, a medical doctor prescribe you one pill to fix this problem. Um, it simply is not going to work really for the root cause. And here's the thing about those medications. And this is the last thing I'm going to um, address today. So if you have any questions from this chat, please start putting them in. I would love to answer them for you. So the, let's say you go in with like um, depression or anxiety. The first drug that the family doctor is going to prescribe to you is what's called an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which means that serotonin is a, is a, is a type of a hormone in the brain. It's technically a neurotransmitter, which is a name for a short distance hormone. It just goes, hormones are messengers that travel long distances, like from the brain all the way to the ovaries neurotransmitters travel from like one nerve to another nerve, like very short distances. That's a major difference. They're both molecules of mess, most, both messenger molecules. And serotonin is 
the um, feel-good hormone in the brain, which women have lower levels of than men, and we tend to get it if we eat a slow carbohydrate, a healthy carb with a uh, protein source, like a healthy protein source, whether that's animal or, or plant-based, they have to be eaten together. The brain has a, the gut has an easier time of transporting it up to the brain when they come in together. And <clears throat> that's what, uh, when, the, when you give the drug SSRI, um, they, what the job is, it, it blocks, so the, the brain makes the serotonin and then after a certain time it breaks it down and recycles it and makes some more. What that drug does is it blocks the breaking down of the serotonin so that there's more serotonin building up in the brain and that's what makes you feel um, less depressed and more anxious. Well, did you know that most of our serotonin in the body is made in the gut? Yeah, as, and I saw research showing as much as 80% of our serotonin is made in our gut. And it's made in the, in the magic chemistry of the microbiome interacting with the lining of our gut. So you can decrease your serotonin production through what you eat. So it's not so surprising then that there are psychiatrists who have done functional medicine training and instead of medications or in addition to medications. Now, I'm not slamming meds. I think medications are oftentimes the necessary bridge to get you to where you want to go. So let's say you're in a deep depression or, ang or suffering from terrible anxiety. Do I want you to not accept a prescription? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oftentimes you have to take the medication to get enough of that serotonin level up in your brain so that you can then have the energy and the focus and the desire and the motivation because when you're depressed, you lose motivation. You need to get that motivation back to make the lifestyle changes needed in your life to address the root cause of why you're depressed, a combination of mindset and, and nutrition, um, you know, those things, there's other things, but those are really big ones. And then as you fix your gut, you, you, you nourish your body, you nourish your brain, you repair your brain, you have a new brain every seven years, like our body is constantly repairing and recycling itself. Okay. There's always a chance for healing. And so the um, medication gets you there. And then as you heal yourself, as your body gets healthier and healthier, the need for the medication goes down. So your health goes up, the medication dose can go down and it doesn't have to stop. You can drop it down by half a dose. Um, if it's already at the smallest dose, then yes, you stop it with the help of your doctor, letting your doctor know you, this is a conversation. You go into your doctor and say, I've been working on my health. I've been working on my, my mindset and my nutrition. I'm feeling wonderful. I think I'm, I, I know I'm ready to um, come off of this uh, medication to see how my body responds to that. Um, you know, uh, and I'd like to have you on board so you can support me and I can, I can tell you what happens during this process. And they'll say, great. They'll say, wonderful. I'm here for you. Um, let me know if you need any help. Let's schedule an, and you can say, well, let's schedule an appointment maybe from two weeks or one month from now. So we can touch base. So before you leave the office, you schedule the appointment. So you don't have any of that. I can't get an appointment because the, the doctor's booked up. You just, and you might schedule a couple appointments in a row just to have that touch point. Doctors love that. They love having those kind of follow-up appointments. It's nice and easy for them. They get to chat with you and know how things are going, documented in their chart. Miss, Miss and Mrs. So-and-so um, um, you know, improved her nutrition, improved her mindset, has done the work. Now we're trying, trialing off this medication, and these are the results. You know, that's, that's how you utilize the power of Western medicine and the power of functional medicine, like root cause medicine, and you have them holding hands together and you have your whole team supporting you. 
if you think just having one person on your team, your, your family doctor is enough to get you out of your current state of uh, unwellness, it, it's going to be very, very hard. Um, it's doable, but it's very hard. Then that means most of the onus is actually on you. So when you bring other people onto your team, whether it's a nutritionist or a health coach or someone like myself, a health transformation expert, expert who has all of those skills combined, that's when you start to be able to access the tools that you need in order to make the changes. So, um, you know, if you have those people on your team, I'm so happy for you because that's what's necessary to address mental health. Mental health is a multi-targeted approach. It's an integrative approach that requires a lot. But if you miss the nutrition part, if you miss the gut health, if you miss the pooping, if you miss getting rid of the constipation, if you miss fixing the leaky gut, if you miss, um, you know, fixing the microbiome so you have more of the good guys and less of the bad guys, more of the healthy guys, less of the unhealthy guys, right? Yeah, the unhealthy guys are not bad. They just found a home, like a home was made for them. So they took advantage and they populated the gut, you know, because when you hurt the microbiome, all of those like patchy areas then get populated. And sometimes it's not populated by the ones that will serve your body. It'll be populated by the ones that are serving themselves. Okay. So, um, you know, I don't want you to think there's like a gang of New York situation going on in your body, but I do want you to understand that I'm just looking at the comments. I do want you to understand that there is a need to nourish and cultivate a healthy community within yourself. And that includes your microbiome all the way down to your cells, the cellular level. Okay. So I hope you found this useful. Let me know if you have any questions after watching this video. I don't see any more questions in the chat. So hopefully I was um, crystal clear. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening or night when you're watching this. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 